Patrick Carnes and his dog Lucky disappeared from Wells, Nevada on April 13, 2011. Patrick, an 86-year-old World War II veteran, was making the road trip from Toledo, Ohio, where he had been visiting relatives, back to his home in Reno, Nevada. His dog Lucky was his constant companion and never left his side. A police officer pulled Patrick over around 9 o'clock p.m. on that evening of April 13th. The encounter seemed inconsequential at the time. However, looking back, it possibly was a little unusual. Patrick's car was found around 6 o'clock a.m. the next morning, abandoned at an exit off of Interstate 80. However, it was found on the opposite side of the highway than he was traveling. There was no sign of Patrick or his dog, Lucky, anywhere. To this day, the whereabouts of Patrick and Lucky remain unknown. the Where Are They podcast. The goal of our show is to spread awareness on unsolved missing persons cases and keep the names of the missing in the spotlight until they are found. This episode features the bizarre unsolved case of an 86-year-old man traveling across the country with his beloved dog, Patrick Carnes, Despite his age, was a healthy and spry man. His family said that if he had not been, they never would have even considered allowing him to make such a road trip. Before we dive into Patrick's case and his story, I have a few notes about the show. Please be sure you are following the Where Are They podcast on social media, namely Instagram and Facebook. This helps our cases obtain more exposure and also lets you stay up to date on any news, case updates, announcements, and other important information. We can also be found on YouTube just under our podcast name, the Where Are They podcast channel. And if you are following us on social media, you are aware of our contest for the week. Marina Bolter's case is possibly just one missing clue away from being solved. We have Marina's story up on YouTube and we are giving away a free Where Are They podcast t-shirt to one lucky subscriber and commenter over there, particularly on that video. All you need to do to enter is subscribe to our channel, leave a comment on Marina's video. The random comment selection tool will choose a winner and we will contact you to get you your Where Are They podcast t-shirt. We have a small channel over there on YouTube and as of this recording, only a couple comments on Marina's story. So I'd say your chances are pretty good. We will also announce the winner on our episode next Wednesday. Another video will be chosen next week and we will run the contest again. So stay tuned. 
In other news, we did make a donation to the Charlie Project organization and will be announcing a new charity for May very soon. Remember, May is Missing Persons Awareness Month and we are hoping to do even more cases, spotlight even more people during the month of May. If you have a case to suggest to us, please email me at canwefindthem at gmail.com. And as always, a huge thank you to everyone for your continued support. Remember checking out our sponsors in our show notes and social media helps us continue to bring weekly shows and helps us to make these donations to the charities of missing persons. Now let's talk about Patrick Carnes. Patrick Carnes has been missing since April 13th, 2011 from the Wells, Nevada area. First, let's take a look at who Patrick Carnes was. Patrick Carnes was born January 30th, 1925 in Cleveland, Ohio. As were most families during that time in Cleveland, his family was a large working class family and he would grow up with five sisters and one brother. In 1942, Patrick enlisted in the Navy. He served his four years and was honorably discharged in 1946. Patrick would be recalled the following year to serve as an aviation electronics tech. He was stationed in California where he would ultimately end up meeting his wife, Margaret. They would marry in 1949. Patrick would be honorably discharged once again, and he would decide to attend UCLA. He obtained a bachelor's degree and in 1955 accepted a job with the Rand Corporation based out of Santa Monica. Patrick, who often went by Pat and Margaret, would go on to have four children, three boys and one girl. In 1981, Patrick would retire and he and Margaret would move to Reno, Nevada. Sadly, after 55 years of marriage, Margaret passed away in 2004. Patrick would turn his love and attention to his dog Lucky, his lab Akita mix, who was his loyal companion, best friend, and went everywhere with him. As he was getting older, he started to think about moving into a retirement home and being closer to family in Ohio. In early of 2011, he made the drive from Reno, Nevada to Toledo, Ohio to not only visit and spend time with his family, but also to check out some potential retirement homes and communities there. In April of 2011, it was time to head back to Reno while he made his decision. His family said he was in good spirits and healthy, and they thought nothing of him making the 2,000-mile journey across the country. Plus, he had Lucky with him as always. Patrick didn't have a cell phone, and he traveled with a folded-up map. He had marked his route and even noted some points of interest on the map where he might stop along the way. On April 13th, 2011, something would change. 
Something would happen, although to this day, 10 years later, no one quite knows what that is. Late into the evening on Nevada's Interstate 80, a state trooper had pulled over a trucker. It's unclear what the reason for that particular traffic stop was, but we do know that it must not have been serious as that officer would drop what he was doing with the trucker to pull over Patrick Carnes. In Nevada, there is a state law that you must move over for any roadside emergency vehicles on the highway. And despite the road being fairly empty at this time, Patrick would fly by this officer and the trucker on the side of the road without attempting to even move over. The patrolman would run back to his vehicle, pull back onto the road, and put his sirens on to stop Patrick. And interestingly, you can see all of this unfold on his dash cam footage, and that footage regarding the entire traffic stop with the trucker and later Patrick would be discussed at length later. Patrick pulled over and the officer approached him. They had a brief discussion and I was actually able to find an old news clip from Channel 8 Las Vegas that discusses the stop and offers some audio of Patrick. I'm going to play a minute of it here and then we'll chat about it. over at a spot six miles east of Wells. The video shows Lucky's wagging tail in the back seat. Carnes apologized for not yielding the right lane and then made a remark that Cole thinks is key to the mystery. I'm only following him because he's going to Elko. I'm only following him because he's going to Elko. And the him that we figure is the truck that he's directly behind. The same dash cam video that spotted Karn's car passing by also caught this grainy image of the truck he was following. Cull has received dozens of comments from truck drivers about the identity of the rig, but none have panned out yet. Cull is certain that whoever was driving that truck knows what happened to Pat Carnes and might even be responsible. My gut tells me, yeah, there's two people involved. Just, just for logistics. Okay. A couple of things to note here. Patrick told the officer that he was only following the truck because he was going to Elko, which seems a little bit unusual and a random thing to say to the officer. And it's hard to make out the specific audio exactly, but how did he know that that truck driver was going to Elko? Patrick likely wanted to get to Elko, maybe to stay the night. It was already getting dark and Patrick would make another comment to the officer that you did not hear in that clip before leaving in which he said to the patrolman, I'm never driving at night again. The officer had some compassion for the older gentleman and let him go with a warning to slow down and be careful of vehicles pulled over to the shoulder. Carnes would drive away, as would the officer. The next morning, a local woman headed into work noticed a green Subaru Forester parked off the side of the road. 
this woman also worked part-time at the sheriff dispatcher's office and called in the sighting. It was a bit in an unusual spot, but according to both law enforcement and locals, people often pull off the side of the road to go venturing off into the desert. It's not that unusual to see cars pulled off the road. When police investigated the car, they ran the license plate to determine who owned it. It came back as Patrick Carnes' vehicle. They tried contacting him at his home in Reno, but they received no response. It did not seem that it had been in an accident, although it was parked oddly in a very uneven terrain. However, nothing seemed too alarming, so police weren't very concerned. Meanwhile, days would go by and Patrick's family was unsuccessful in reaching him. Patrick's sister was very worried and the family began to look for him. They had no idea if he had just taken a detour home to see some sights or maybe even stopped off to visit a friend somewhere. On April 17th, a sheriff deputy noticed that the green Subaru was in the same place, untouched. When they tried Patrick's home in Reno again and received no answer, they requested a welfare check from the Reno, Nevada local police department. Around the same time, the family was also contacting the Reno police to request the same thing. Patrick's sons headed over to the Reno area to help search for their dad, and after meeting with the police and the knowledge of the car being found, a missing persons report was immediately filed. The area where the Subaru was found was considered Pumpernickel Valley. It was some 150 miles away from where Patrick had been pulled over on the night of April 13th. It was also a 100 miles further down the highway from Elko. Humboldt County went to the spot to search for clues. What was interesting is that the car was parked on the wrong side of the highway, meaning he was traveling west at the time. The car should have been on that side of the highway, but it was not. It was actually found on the other side of the road, several yards actually from the roadside. The ground in that spot was uneven, and although all four tires were touching the ground, the weight of the car was actually being held up by the earth underneath on one side, meaning two tires were touching the dirt, but just barely. The car was also nose to nose with a wire fence. There was no damage and no signs of an accident whatsoever. All of Patrick's personal effects were found in the vehicle, but he and dog Lucky were nowhere to be found. Police did discover footsteps leading away from the car in the dirt, but no paw prints. Further inspection also showed that the gas tank was nearly full and there were no mechanical defects noted, ruling out that the car broke down. The vehicle was sent off to the crime lab to be searched for any evidence. However, no DNA or forensic evidence was ever found. Patrick also didn't have a cell phone or use credit cards. He paid with cash everywhere he went, 
making it almost impossible to track his movements. His map was found in the car with his points of interest marked, but Pumpernickel Valley was not noted as a place he was planning on stopping. A huge search began for Patrick. The desert is vast and very dark at night. The search, starting at the point of the car, was extensive. Many hours and much manpower was utilized. Aerial searches were conducted, but they found absolutely nothing. The case did start to pick up some media coverage, and a trucker from the Reno area would call in to report that he believes he saw Patrick's dog, Lucky, near the area where the car was found three days after the disappearance. Patrick's brother and sons teamed up in the search. One of Patrick's siblings was a retired Toledo police officer, and one was a private investigator. They hung up flyers and took extra time in and around truck stops along Patrick's route. They put up a billboard. It was pretty clear that Patrick had a loving family all around him as they all worked to try and find Patrick desperately. Where is Patrick Carnes? Not only has Patrick never been found, but Lucky, Patrick's beloved dog, was also never found. Let's talk about some questions that come up in this case. Why was Patrick Carnes following a truck to Elko, Nevada? This is one of the big questions that always comes up. Why? Was he having trouble seeing at night on the road? Was he using the lights from the truck to help him? Was he having trouble staying awake and the truck was helping him in that manner? He was following a straight highway and he was very good at reading a map, so he wasn't likely to be lost. The patrolman that pulled Patrick over that night did catch the truck on his dash cam. When he was on the side of the road with the first trucker that he had pulled over prior to stopping Patrick, you can see in the video the truck in question driving by with Patrick following shortly behind. Many, many efforts have been made to identify that truck. Police have come forward many times to ask that trucker to identify himself, but no one has come forward. The FBI has assisted with enhancing the video footage as best as they can, but they have yet to be able to identify the truck or even the company logo on the truck. And no one had ever known Patrick to follow trucks before on the highway. It's not as if that was a common habit of his. However, it was noted that many years ago, Patrick did spend a short time as a truck driver himself. So again, why was Patrick following that truck to Elko, Nevada on the night of April 13th, 2011? Question number two. How did he know that the truck was headed to Elko? This definitely indicates that at some point, Patrick must have spoken to that truck driver. Did they run into each other at a truck stop or a stop of some kind earlier that evening? Or in conversation at a truck stop, did somebody else mention that that truck was headed to Elko? Number three. Why has that truck driver never come forward? 
Massive searches and reach outs were done through the trucking community to identify this person and this truck. Did this particular driver just never know of this incident? Or worse yet, do they have something to hide? Number four, why was Patrick's car found on the wrong side of the highway pulled far off the road? If he had stopped because he had to use the bathroom or perhaps Lucky did, why was he on that side of the road? As the investigation continues, it is clear that law enforcement was taking this case very seriously. Some officers felt personally devoted to finding Patrick Carnes or finding out what had happened out there on that dark night of April 13th. Law enforcement also asked other departments for assistance and even worked hard themselves to keep this case in the media spotlight as best as they could. During the investigations, it would come to light that the FBI had created a task force to examine the possibility of truck driver serial killers. Truckers have an opportunity as they are constantly moving And for some reasons, the FBI felt there was a need to look into this in more depth. Most of the public and even most law enforcement did not know this task force existed, as they were working mostly under the radar to uncover evidence and tips as they could. This task force was created in 2009, although the local Nevada police were unaware One interesting study this task force was looking at was the possibility of a serial killer working the I-80 corridor in the western states, including Utah, Nevada, and Idaho. Over 200 cases were noted to have a possible connection. And interestingly enough, this is exactly where Patrick Carnes would go missing, on the I-80 corridor in the state of Nevada. Another case that is most often discussed in conjunction with Patrick Carnes is that of Judith Casita. Judith Casita was a 62-year-old woman in 2006 living with her husband in Reno, Nevada. Judith and her husband were said to be having marital problems and she allegedly left a note for him on Valentine's Day in 2006 saying she was leaving. She was spotted later that day in the town of Lovelock, Nevada, at a McDonald's, but she would not be seen again. Her husband did report her missing, and on March 5th, her 1991 white Mazda pickup truck was found abandoned at the Pumpernickel Valley exit off of Interstate 80, specifically exit 205, the same place where Patrick Carnes' vehicle would also be found abandoned five years later. Judith was possibly leaving her husband and suffering from depression, so the circumstances around her disappearance are different than Patrick's. But the similarities cannot be denied. There was no sign of Judith at her truck or around it, and a thorough search of the area revealed nothing. 
There was no sign of a struggle or an accident, and her truck was left much in the same way as Patrick's, just abandoned. So what happened to Judith Casita? Again, to date, there has been no answer to that question, or even any evidence found to help point investigators and even family in any possible direction. It's as if she parked her truck and vanished into thin air. Another question now arises. Are Judith's case and Patrick's case connected? Authorities have been very clear that they have no evidence to link the two. However, the coincidence that exists between Judith and Patrick's disappearances is hard to ignore. So what are the theories in this case? Number one, Patrick stopped the car and wandered off, disappearing into the vast Nevada desert. Definitely a possibility. My concerns about this theory is, why has Patrick never been found? At 86 years old, how far could he have gotten? And his dog, too. The searches were extensive. And also, while they did find footprints near the vehicle, they did not find paw prints. Where was Lucky? At 100 pounds, he'd be a hard dog to miss, and he would definitely leave paw prints. And during the search, not one shred of evidence was found. No additional footprints, no pieces of clothing. It would seem likely that he'd leave some trace had he hiked out into the desert. Interestingly, Patrick had mentioned that he was going to be stopping in Elko. Elko was about 50 miles from where the officer had stopped him. However, Pumpernickel Valley and Exit 205 is an additional 100 miles further down the road from Elko. Did Patrick miss his exit? Or did he just decide to continue driving? Did Patrick ever even stop in Elko? Theory number two. Patrick met with foul play at the hands of a hitchhiker. This comes up a lot also, even being mentioned by some investigators as a possibility. But Patrick's family is adamant that is not something that Patrick would have ever done. But perhaps he was lonely and tired of driving alone at night. Or maybe a hitchhiker he befriended at a stop won his trust and he decided to let them in. Did that person then rob him and harm him in some way? Patrick was carrying a lot of cash with him. But then what about his vehicle? Were Patrick and Lucky possibly taken somewhere else and harmed? And somebody else abandoned the vehicle there? Police have indicated without giving out specifics that they don't believe that Patrick was the one who left the car there. Theory number three, foul play via a random act. As I mentioned, Patrick was carrying cash and he was elderly. He was also said to be a kind man and very friendly. Is it possible that someone saw his cash and saw a potential opportunity? Harming Patrick and then ditching the car somewhere else? 
And could this be related to the truck he was following on the highway? Number four, foul play at the hands of a serial killer. Again, we've mentioned this comes up often as a theory in this case. I have to wonder if there is evidence that law enforcement has that we just aren't privy to. And with the knowledge now of the FBI serial killer task force working in this particular area, the bit about Patrick following the truck is a really interesting piece of information. This task force is specifically looking at possible serial killers who are truck drivers in the same area where Patrick is and happens to be following a truck driver. What I also think about is that we wouldn't even know this piece of information had he not been pulled over that evening. So it's really hard to imagine the truck's role in this. For instance, at face value, it does seem suspicious, but it could be completely innocent. So we know that Patrick was en route home to Reno. We know that Nevada highways have long stretches of desert and being mostly straight roads, they can be exhausting to drive. We know that for some reason, Patrick felt the need or wanted to follow this particular truck that night and that he somehow knew or thought he knew that this truck was headed to Elko. It seems likely he was planning on stopping for the night in Elko. But we don't know anything past that. Did he ever make it to Elko? There is no evidence to show that he did or didn't. We don't know if he stopped anywhere else at all. We aren't even sure how far he got. Driving through Nevada is often referred to as the Big Lonely. It's pretty vast and very dark. What happened to 86-year-old Patrick Carnes and his dog Lucky back in April of 2011? This man was a beloved father, husband, brother, uncle, and a friend to many. His family does believe he is deceased and he was likely deceased in 2011. However, they are haunted every day by not knowing what happened to their loved one and where he is. They still actively search for answers. Please share Patrick's story and help keep his case out there. There are more people that encountered Patrick on that trip and they are encouraged to come forward with any information they may have. Sometimes it's the smallest bit of info that can break a case. With all of these theories and possible coincidences in the story of Patrick Carnes, what do you think happened? Thank you so much for listening to Patrick Carnes and Lucky's story. As a reminder, please go head over to our YouTube channel and watch Marina Bolter's video. Be sure you are subscribed and leave a comment. We will be choosing a random comment and sending that individual a Where Are They podcast t-shirt. By subscribing, liking, and commenting, you are also helping get the word out about that case. Someone out there knows what happened to young Marina Bolter.
The story of Patrick Carnes is one that I am going to keep a close eye on. I actually first heard his story a few years back and it has stuck with me. The story of a kind older man traveling across the country with his dog who just vanishes. He was probably months away from moving to Ohio to be near his family and spend his remaining years close to them. He left behind so many people that to this day wonder what happened to Patrick. Patrick Carnes was 86 years old in 2011. He is described as 5 foot 11 to 6 foot, 180 pounds, a Caucasian male. Patrick has gray hair, blue eyes, and wears eyeglasses. His nickname is Pat. He is last known to be wearing a tan jacket, a blue plaid shirt, tan or beige pants, tan canvas shoes, and a Toledo Mud Hens baseball cap. If you have any information as to the whereabouts of Patrick Carnes or any information at all about his case, please contact the Humboldt County Sheriff's Office at 775-623-6419. Thank you again for tuning in to the Where Are They podcast and listening to Patrick's story. We will be back again next week with another episode And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.